Welcome to Living the Full Life, a show about enjoying an active and fulfilling life in and around McKinney and Collin County. Hear from local residents and experts about all the fun options available, including fitness and wellness, social events and activities, fine dining, outdoor recreation, and so much more. Brought to you by Touchmark at Emerald Lake, this is Living the Full Life. Hi everyone, welcome to The Full Life. I'm Christina Hoskin. This is our video podcast all about living the full life in McKinney, Texas. And I'm very excited to talk about how our guest today is doing that and helping others to do that. Now, I want you to imagine this. You've been in a 30-year career with NASA. You are now thinking about retirement. It's 2018. You're thinking about maybe writing a book or life slowing down a little, enjoying your grandchildren. And a few years later, you're the CEO and founder of two nonprofits. You're managing a colony and a gathering of creative people, and you're doing it all in an iconic historic building in McKinney, Texas. That's what happened for my friend, Dr. Beth Beck. And my brain still sometimes says, how did this all come about? It's amazing. My brain does that too. <laughs> So let's first talk, you're a Texas native, but tell me about your education, because your education got us on this journey. It did. Um, I have two degrees from the University of Texas. So I have a social and behavioral sciences degree, which my major was government. So that was from in the 70s, way back when. <laughs> then I got my master's degree at LBJ School, and that is a master of public affairs slash public administration. Um, and then from there, I went to the federal government. So I worked at NASA for... Um, 33 years and then uh, during that time my last kind of 10 years at NASA I went I'd always wanted to go back and get my PhD but the timing was never mm -hmm. right so I uh, got my PhD from Virginia Tech and that is in it's in the, the programs called planning governance governance and globalization but it was really innovation they didn't have an innovation program at the time so they let me make my own so it took I had to work with the professors before I even got selected to show them that I had three years of a plan to do my innovation creativity program at design. And so that's what I worked on. So my expertise with my PhD is um, creativity through collaborative practice, which is what Millhouse is all about. And that's what we've created. So it's a grand experiment <laughs> that we're doing. I'm not even surprised to hear that you trailblazed a PhD after getting to know you. I'm not even surprised to hear well, this. Well, let me tell you how, just two seconds, and I am, excuse me, I am a storyteller. <laughs> but to get that PhD, I had planned, so Virginia Tech is four and a half hours from DC. So I worked in DC, and so I thought I would take online classes. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> no, I had to um, drive in. I would take Wednesdays were class days, so I call it my days in the mountains. So it was four and a half hours drive to get to Virginia Tech, which is in the mountains, so I could get work would I could purge work from my brain in four and a half hours to get there. Then I took classes from nine to three thirty, hit the road again. I'd think through all the classes and assignments. I get home at eight or eight thirty. The coolest thing was I was going against traffic, so I could watch. It was like <laughs> driving to Dallas this morning, watching the traffic go through. So it was that was this. I had to really want to do it to make that trip every day, but I loved it. I, I love I love to learn, so it was really fun. I love school. 
and it brought you here. Yes. So you've created two nonprofits. I, explain how they work together and what their mission and vision is. So we have, well, IRS helped us to have two. We started out with one organization until they told us it should be two. Uh, Melhouse Foundation is our um, organization that handles all the festivals. So we have summer and winter art festival. They're, they're at the McKinney Cotton Mill. It's inside, so it's climate controlled. We also have um, a mural fest that we've had our second one. It's in June, not climate controlled. We're outside and there's poor muralists are <laughs> painting in June, but it's so, they enjoy it. It's so much fun. And then we also are having maker's markets. We had three in 2020 when the world shut down and there were no festivals. Um, just side note, what we're all about at Mel House is to enhance the earning potential of creatives, the micro business category. So our focus is on women, but for Mel House Foundation, anyone can take part in our festival. So we had three makers markets, open air makers markets in 2020. We kind of put them aside. And now that we have a new hallway in the Cotton Mill, the atrium hallway, which you got to see, mm -hmm. just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, we now are starting a series of makers markets. We had our first uh, in July and we will have one in September and December and then we'll have nine next year. So we keep expanding what we're doing. And again, just the difference between them. We are again, trying to help the earning potential of the creative. So Art Fest is for the fine artist. So generally it's the $350 to $1,000 to more category when you're gonna buy their art. Mural Fest is a different category of artists. So to be able to go outside and, and so we're drawing in a new kind of business line of, of creatives that we're trying to reach out to and we do pay them to paint uh, which is different art fest people pay for the opportunity to come and take part mural fest is really our gift to the city and to we're adding public art there's no money that comes in for that festival and the makers market is for the artisans the makers and so that was really for your um the woodworkers and the um like the fiber artists and crafters. And so those are purchases between $50 to 150. So we really are allowing, and they're not gonna be an art fest. So giving them an opportunity to earn an, a living wage is really what we're working on. In the, and it really helps the community because then every sale they have, there's a sales tax. So we, we really believe specifically for women, when women thrive, their families thrive, the community thrives, it's the multiplier effect. So when they have a little bit more in the bank, then they can buy more groceries or they can get more gas and go on a trip. And so it really does all of those things. It may seem small because of the micro business category we're in. We want people to go from micro business to small business and then on, but really just those extra paychecks do help our community and it helps the families. And that's what we're really, really all about. So Millhouse McKinney, is our 501c6. So 501c3 is Millhouse Foundation, okay. so it's tax exempt. 501c6 is a membership-based business league like the Chamber of Commerce. Okay. So IRS had us split them up because we also run the facility at, at the Cotton Mill. So we have 14,000 square feet. Uh, with our facility, we've got 32 open and private studios and we have co-working our collaborative space. For And that is all for women. So it's membership-based for women. And with through Melhouse McKinney, we have classes, we have well, there are a lot of benefits for the women who are in their micro business categories. Mainly our clientele is the women who are working at home at their kitchen table. And we're taking them from the kitchen table hobby 
into a professional environment, into the micro business area. We help them with their, you know, figuring how to do the, um, their business startups. And Texas is really good about, they've got a lot of great resources. So we point them to the resources, figuring out if they're a sole proprietor or an LLC, or we're a nonprofit, so it's totally different. Um, we do workshops. And the best thing is we allow our members to teach the classes and that provides them income as well. And so we're continually, I feel like sometimes we're money launderers because <laughs> the money comes in for the classes, we write them the checks for the classes. They're, so we're, every month we're writing a lot of checks to our members because they have earned income doing the classes, which is sharing the expertise. That, that's the, that, again, that's where I'm all about creativity through collaborative practice because as we're in this collaborative environment, we're sharing our expertise with one another, and then we're all growing together. It's like all boats rise when the water rises. So it's just this really great kind of evolving organism that every time new members come in with new creativity, then we have new kinds of classes. And, and, and so it's just fun to, and I'd love to take them all, <laughs> which is awesome. One of the things about this collaboration, it, not only do members get access to the brains and the experience of people who've maybe been in there, but there's actual tangible things such as gear and you know, um, art space and studio space. And that's really hard as a micro business person, particularly maybe photography. Yes you know, to hit the ground and have a product that can be sold, it's very challenging, but well, we offering do, a different way. We do, so we have um, one suite has is for photographers. Uh, my sister, Amy Wolverton, is a photographer, so she's one of the founders as well. So her business was at the Cotton Mill, and so she transferred all of her equipment into Millhouse, so we have one studio, it's called the Strobe Light Studio. So all of the backdrops, all of the lights, everything that you need and a photographer needs to conduct business sessions which is photographing the clients it's all available for them so what we try to do for photographers is allow them to enter the business with their camera and their clients grow their clients and then they it's all shared workspace so they just on the google calendar they sign up and say, we have two studios. We have a natural light studio, which means there's no equipment. You just come in and it's like being outside, except you've got your natural light coming in and there's no elements, um, no weather elements. Um, we have changing rooms. We've got the client meeting room, which is the conference room. So they can do the client reveal where they show the pictures in there. It's a very professional environment. And um, I think I was, I was telling you before, the human nature is that when we see a product in a professional environment, we think it's worth more. We think it's worth paying more. So if you see someone at their kitchen table, it it's like I can pay five cents for this, but if you see them in a professional environment, oh, that's worth $50. Mm -hmm. So it really does make a difference. And so we do allowing women to come in and start their business. Some, some of our photographers had really good businesses downtown and so they got rid of their studios and then joined ours. And so that allows their profit margin to increase. So they're not paying two or $3,000 a month for a studio. They're paying $125 a month for a membership and they get access to that. And they get access to taking pictures at the cotton mill, which is amazing. I know this cotton yeah. mill, I, you know, I'm new to McKinney. And as I was telling my colleagues at Touchmark that I was going, they said, oh, you're gonna love it. You know, and I'm, I'm like, okay. so. 
I, I could not believe the beauty of this building. Now, in 2018, when all of this was starting to percolate, it didn't look like that. Well, the owner of the cotton mill has had the facility for since 1996, I think. So his boys, who were in their 20s, grew up at the cotton mill. And so I consider him a steward of the building. The building could have been demolished. During the time that he's owned it, he's replaced the roof. He's taken the beams out underneath the floors that were soft. And, and he's kept every piece of lumber. And so he's got a barn that is full of all this gorgeous lumber. And so he's just he's replaced floorboards that need to be done. And so there was no HVAC. There, there used to be water under the building because it was a cotton. There, I've learned so much about the cotton mill. <laughs> but because it was a, the cotton is, um, it's just fibers were everywhere. So the risk of fire, the way they built the building was that the water would go underneath the building. And so it was like a, 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 a large French drain underneath the building. So he has now drained that because you can imagine what was growing underneath there, maybe flying things that, that bite. And so um, he's done a lot to the building and now, and he did landscaping, but he has, as he could afford it with his own money, he has invested his money back in the cotton mill. That's his baby, he loves it. So for us to get to be part of creating this vision that helping his vision go forward and actually merging our vision with his vision and, and building it together, it's been a, a, a real privilege to do that. It, it's absolutely gorgeous. But another thing is I, as I entered it, it almost feels like a sacred space because you know that for generations, this is how people fed their families. Absolutely. And this is how McKinney became McKinney is they were processing and developing materials at this cotton yep. mill. And it just felt, I just, there's a wonderful energy. And then it's now there's beautiful art everywhere. So it's just a win well, all the way around. For me, when we first started it, I had my um, little pitch deck that I went around to the city leaders to talk about it. And I had the story of on the backs of the of women in the industrial revolution, you know, we have now can rise again. And, and then I looked at the history and we are standing on the shoulders of giants because the Codmel um, original investors were women in the city of McKinney. And so they were shareholders and one of the uh, McKinney, McKinney Boyd High School. So that's from Elizabeth Crane Boyd. And so she was on the original board of directors, one of the 12, the, a woman of the 12. And so the story I write is because it was such a progressive facility. It was a one-stop shop. At the time you would take your cotton one place and you would have it mm -hmm. spun, then you would dyed someplace and then you have it woven another place. This was this one-stop shop where they would spin it, they would clean it, spin it, dye it, weave it. And there was no child labor, and then the women were paid within 10 cents of the men. And women were allowed to use the high technology, the weaving was the highest technology, and they were trained to do the weaving machines. So it is really, it was this, and they built the school for the families, they built the Milltown homes for the families, uh, and they had a community center for the employees all to work. So it was really this community that was there. And so as we're building community again with women who are coming and doing business, which they were allowed to do back then. So it really was groundbreaking at the time. And McKinney is was prosperous at the time because of the cotton mill. So to kind of bring life mm -hmm. back to the building, we just feel really fortunate. It's beautiful. It was so well built. The architecture is amazing. You're not going to find anything mm -hmm. around here that's that pretty. Mm -hmm. So to be able to come in every day and look up and see that architecture, we just, we, how can you not be creative? Oh, I agree. Setting? 
I completely agree. And then when I walked around with another one of your founding partners outside, the murals are now bringing the outside to life. Yes. So it's like there's not going to be one little spot that hasn't been touched by creativity and appreciation for the beauty and for well, art. Well, Terry Casey, the owner of the Cotton Mill, loves art. So he lets us. So we were going, would you let us paint? Because we will paint anything. Would you let us paint the outside? So the first mural we did was during the during COVID. And you know, everything was shut down. There were no festivals. So all our artists, the original founding artists were with us. We're family because we spent every day together. We'd have the masks on inside and we'd go outside on the patio. And he let us extend the patio and and we we started having classes outside. He he really he let us use a waterfall garden for yoga. I mean, we did a lot of things outside because we could and the artists were there and they could paint outside where we could all talk to each other so the first one was on our patio if you come by if any of you come by and see it um there's kind of a long mural mm -hmm. and all the artists worked together to do that and then they did three large large murals um on the outside with ladders yeah. I, I, it couldn't make me get up on that ladder. <laughs> so then that was kind of the beginning. And as we talked about, well, if you'll let us paint this, will you let us paint more? And so we started looking at festivals and how we do that mm -hmm. and how do we bring in other artists mm -hmm. from the region to come and paint. And so it, we're still working oh, on that sure. model and how that works mm -hmm. because this time we added two days of music mm -hmm. that we had at Tops while it was there. So we're, we're, we had vendors the first time, but it was so hot. We said, no, it's not worth it for the vendors. So we'll try the music and then, so we're still working on that, but the artists who come to paint make lifelong friends with each other. So. I, I, I agree. It feels very fluid. It feels like, well, this isn't working and you know, all right. So I'm sure you have a dozen, but if you had to tell me a rewarding moment or a rewarding experience, what would you, what would you say? I mean, your life really changed from DC suburb to your back to your roots from a men-based, data-based, Excel spreadsheet-based yeah. to a creative, what would you say has been a rewarding experience? I think for me, um, number one, paying the bills. <laughs> <laughs> that, those are, only, starting a business is mm -hmm. to, it, I, they were, the whole first year, it was kind of what the heck am I thinking? I could, I used to have a five weeks of vacation. I had three weeks of uh, sick leave. I got a, yeah, unless the government shut down, I got a check every two weeks, and now I'm writing all the checks. And do, so I kept thinking, this is what happens when you, you go from crazy bosses. Now I get to be the crazy boss, so it's really great. Uh, but I, watching women, uh, when the light bulb goes off, what I hear most when uh, women come in is what they're not. I'm not really an artist. I'm not really a photographer. I'm not really a graphic designer. I'm not really a writer. And I tell them, well, you know. Do you put paint on a paper? Yes, I, okay, you're an artist. I'm like, well, I'm not really an artist because I haven't made this much money or I haven't. So we have all these things that women, this is a this is the female condition, is we're the world tells us what we are supposed to be, and we keep telling ourselves what we're supposed to be and what we're not, and we'll never make that bridge that gap. And so to get women even in our, so we have lunch bunch spirit a series that's every tuesday and we go around and introduce ourselves so the speaker and the speaker will have one question that has to do with their topic and to hear them say i'm so and so and i'm an artist and everyone claps because it's like before i want to be an artist okay <laughs> to see them move from that so it's really fun to watch or someone sell their first piece mm -hmm. or you know 
and also the graduation. We want people to start one place and move to the next, like start on the couch in our co-working space and move to an open studio, then move to a private studio, then move to a larger private studio. We've had the startup to storefront in six months with one of our members. She started on the couch and then had a storefront in Van Alstine and then she took kind of the millhouse model over there. It's just fun to watch. Every day is different um, and it's not without I mean, any small business owner will tell you it's just the the stress and the toil, the sleepless nights. But it's so worth it because when we see that that women come in and start to believe in themselves, which is really what we want, we want them to believe in themselves, to pursue their dreams, and to make money doing it. <laughs> and that's the win. Love it. Oh, okay. We are going to take a quick break, but then I want to talk about the festival, the details yes. about the festival, because that's what we want to do. We want to get there. Okay. So coming up after the break, we're going to talk to Dr. Beck a little bit more about the festival. This is its eighth year and you won't be surprised to hear it's getting bigger and bigger. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Even though Touchmark's new to McKinney, Texas, we're not new to senior living. Touchmark has been around for 40 years, providing service to families and individuals uh, that whole time. This is something that we love to do and we take great pride and honor in providing services to seniors. We believe and work every day to make Touchmark communities communities. It's great to help people have more fulfilling and enriching lives. It's part of our culture and who we are. Touchmark at Emerald Lake is a full service community. That means that we have independent living, assisted living, memory care. The care is individualized to what people's needs are. We want to bring engagement to people's lives. We want really the full life where people meet new friends, they have things to do every day, and it's a totally different experience than what maybe they thought was going to happen at Touchmark. Touchmark is different. We're excited to show you why. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us for our video podcast today. I'm Christina Hoskin. I'm with Touchmark at Emerald Lake, and I'm joined today by my very special guest, Dr. Beth Beck, CEO and founder of Millhouse McKinney, and its sister, its sister, it's sister organization, yeah, yes, Millhouse Foundation. Yes. And under the Millhouse Foundation, you've got an incredible event coming up. This is how I became interested as I saw yes. this indoor festival and I went, Texas Indoor August? So I'm hearing things that make sense. So tell me <laughs> about it. So Art Fest, um, this is, it's our art festival. It's a fine art festival. Uh, it is this August on the 26th and 27th from 11 to five. It's open to anyone. Please come by, bring your friends and family, um, come with your girlfriends. Uh, Come with your um, billfold or <laughs> whatever, with your online shopping ready for your square, be able to get ready. Um, so we have, we'll probably have 65 artists. And um, the most wonderful thing is we have, we always had room for about 50 because we squeezed, we squeezed them in. Now we have taken over the, the new atrium hallway. Uh, we can fit another 26 artists in the atrium hallway. And so now we've kind of expanded and we're only having 10 by 10 booths. So you will have about 65 artists-ish, um, mm -hmm. more or less. 
and then uh, you can shop the entire length of the cotton mill. And so what we love to see, and I will send people back in if they don't have a bag in their hands or something, I will send them back in and say, I don't think you shopped enough. <laughs> so there's a lot to do. We have, the, we have a new neighbor, the White Box Roastery, and we're so thrilled. They just opened up. They opened up in July for our Maker's Market, and they have fabulous, fabulous coffee, mm. teas, and all those things. So they'll be open with snacks. We also have a barbecue, we'll have barbecue food truck, mm. and then we have a drink truck. It's not a truck from the inside, so it's the amazing yeah. drink service. So you'll be able to get your drinks, get your food, get your coffee while you're there. And so most people spend a couple of hours mm -hmm. um, at ArtFest. And the thing that's really wonderful for our, for our artists love to come and be part of it because people are coming to shop. Um, at any other festival downtown, you were hanging out and you're going into the shops and you're eating and you're wandering. We don't have that. You can eat and shop, but you're you're coming just to see what we have. And we have an amazing assortment of artists. And um, what we love, I mean, it's that I'm learning so much about the art side of it because of Dana Brock, who's also one of my business partners and Gail Delger. So they they came up with the idea of ArtFest when we first were looking at opening up at the Cod Mill. And they said, if you could use this facility to have an indoor festival in the hottest month of, of Texas, of North Texas, and the coldest month, then we'll have a corner on the market. And that's what we've done. And so um, they created, I knew nothing about hosting a festival, now I do, because <laughs> we've had so many. Uh, and again, I'm the person who cleans the bathroom and does the trash. I have the really glamorous jobs of doing, I'm going, how did this happen? <laughs> Retired from NASA, I'm cleaning bathrooms. Um, but we're servant leaders, so we do that. So it's really a wonderful, what we've learned from them as being artists who go to festivals, if you have, if your sales are good, then the artists come back and they tell all their friends. And so, we have had we always ask the artists after each event you know what were your what were your sales like and every single time they say they well generally they hit their sales mark the first day wow and which means they have sales the next day and one thing dana mentioned to me yesterday is the time of year that august and that back to school crazy and then that cold february is usually kind of a lull for artists mm -hmm. also. Absolutely. So you've filled a gap for them when maybe they're not selling or they have merchandise they'd like right. to, to, to sell. So we're trying to enhance the earning potential of all of these um, artists, which is really what we're mm -hmm. about. I really, um, we've kind of, I didn't used to say that in the beginning because it's more about the creativity, mm -hmm. but when it gets right, right down to it, we want to help people help themselves and the income is what they need. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of research that shows the micro businesses run the country, not even the small businesses, the moms and pops, mm -hmm. the sole proprietors, they really run the, com the country and they're hurting. This environment has been really tough for artists too because it's disposable income mm -hmm. when people come by art. That is true. So to be able to continue to give them some kind of level income stream, um, it's just, it's our gift again, back to the community and back to them. So this is number eight. Mm -hmm. And when I visited with Dana, she said it started just with a couple little tables and you've now filled the hall. What yes. could I expect to purchase? I know, I mean, you've mentioned a couple yes. mediums, but give me a few more. So ideas. we have, um, we have jewelry, different kinds of jewelry, acrylic artist, oil artist, watercolorist, pastels, um, potters, wood, like engraved wood, carvings, 
Um, it's interesting to see what the artists say about themselves. We've got one artist, because I do all the social media for them, so I get to take what they say about it and put it in social media, but one of our um, wood artists, he doesn't use anything other than hand tools. Wow. It's no laser cutting, nothing like that. So it's really being able to see, I love looking at their work. We have photographers, we have the art photography versus portrait photography, gotcha. so that it's art photography. Um, and it's watching how they even do the photography. We've got one who's like a light artist, so he's got swirling colors of light. Mm -hmm. That's his photography, so it looks like a painting, but it's photography. Um, so we we get to learn from them all. I'm trying to think what else we have. That sounds. Yeah. I, I, I am anything I'm you'd so want in so art, it would it will be there. And if you're looking for a gift for someone, this is the place to go. Get yes. your pre-Christmas. Yes. I hate to say Christmas in I, August. I do birthdays. I do yep. birthdays in Christmas. If you've got a wedding coming up, anything like that, it's really my daughter. One of my daughters has actually said, "Mom, I think I'm I'm done." Because every, I give her art for her birthday and Christmas. It's like I, I'm surrounded She's by like, it. Shelves are full. Yeah, she, she goes, I think I think I all the walls are taken. I'm going, uh-uh, I see some more spots. So uh, it's a really great way to invest in them and invest in art. And the other thing that I really love about this is some of the younger emerging artists, you can get a really reasonable deal. And as they get more established, the prices are going to go up. So we have one artist that I bought my first piece. The thing I love about these artists is they do let me do a layaway plan because they know where to find me. So I can pay $100 a month on a piece to kind of work through it. But the first piece of art that I bought in our first art fest in August of 2019, um, I think I paid $550. And um, I paid her off $100 a month. I can't afford her work now. Wow. She's her, her she's talent. every year we've bought my, so talent. my sister and I bought a little bit mm -hmm. every year. So we do have a wall. Did I show you that? So we have a little wall of her art. Um, and now I can only buy pieces that are <laughs> this big. But that's awesome. That's so I invested for. in her when she was new and emerging and she's done so well. And so that's the fun thing is that you can invest in emerging artists when you see something you like and know that you've got this investment so that as they get too big for us, we, we have a piece. And then you can start buying prints. <laughs> <laughs> now, you mentioned, now, for some people, they might want to get involved in a different way. You could use volunteers on the day Absolutely. Of. For our festivals, we always need volunteers. So we have, the, what's involved with the festival is the load-in, the load-out, um, going around and checking on the artists. Do they need water? Do they need mm -hmm. snacks? We have a little snack wagon that mm -hmm. we take around to them because we want the artists, again, to be happy. Uh, again, having the white box roastery, they get to run in and get coffee, which is awesome. Um, so being able to just even the check-in to make sure they have their credentials and we get them name tags and all that. There's a lot to do for the, and especially loadout. Everyone wants to help in the beginning of a festival and then the loadout, we're tired. And so to have someone else help, help us help the artists get to their cars and move through. We have some, we've had some like of the, high school boys come can't think of the service organization national honor society that, they have it's to not do that one is okay. ysl or something okay. so we've had them come and to have them actually help pack up boxes and carry them that is super helpful for those of us who can't carry the boxes we can at least <clears throat> get them things they need or mm -hmm. we have to sweep all the floors afterwards mm -hmm. um so it's there's a there's a lot to get out of the building mm -hmm. at the end because we're tired and we were ready to go home so any having someone 
because we have volunteers come and just take the big brooms and sweep the floors because they're they have zip ties that they clip off and there be it's <laughs> zip ties everywhere and so just to to go and sweep that up so any kind of help like that would be really wonderful one thing that dana mentioned to me is the circle of interest which was probably kind of laser focused on mckinney has gotten wider Absolutely. and wider you're getting artists to come and present from all over we do we have artists from the texas area we've got oklahoma and arkansas we've had uh, people apply from louisiana so we're getting the surrounding states and the different festivals um that's part of it too, is that we get money from the McKinney Arts Commission. We get funding from the, from the McKinney Community Development Corporation and um, Visit McKinney. So Visit McKinney and McKinney Community Development Corporation, their money comes from sales and tourism um, fees. So the more people that can come in and spend the night, then it helps the city and then the city has more grant money to give to us so really bring it tell all your friends and neighbors from everywhere you've ever lived <laughs> to come and stay at a hotel or an airbnb mm -hmm. or something so we <clears throat> we try to keep track of that it's really hard for us mm -hmm. to know like who we ask mm -hmm. at least for the artist you know do you have a place to stay how where are you staying mm -hmm. for artists um generally it's like airbnbs because mm -hmm. they can afford that yeah so the impact is really, it's just like, yes, you know, think of a little puddle yes. and, and, and at the very center is the micro business, this budding artist that's starting yes. and just getting her feet or his feet in yeah. the festival. And the festival is every, female. yes, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So as we, as we go to wrap up here, I, I feel like trying to keep up with you would be like a full-time job. So what would be your <laughs> vision for the next phase? What, where are you hoping to take the mill house? So two different organizations, but with Millhouse McKinney, there's still room we want to occupy. So we would love to open up more studio space. For festivals, we are adding a Twitter art exhibit. We've been selected as the, there's one a year. So we've been selected for that in, um, it'll be October, 2024. And that will, there's generally 700 to 1000 artists from around the world that participate in that. And then it's tiny art because it has to be mailed in and then we will have an exhibit of that and you can come all of you can come and buy that, that as well and the cool thing about that is they always they select an organization that receives the funds from the sales of the art and millhouse was selected as the organization to receive the funds so we're going to run it but also we get to receive funds from the sales of that and that would seriously help us and then we have more festivals we want to work on. And so there's just a lot of things that we're working on events to pair like um, bee farmers with fashion designers and so tea parties. So there's a lot of, again, as I said, when people come into our community, it the organism changes. So when they have ideas, this is my favorite thing. When someone says, I have an idea and I will lead it. <laughs> that's a win because I get a lot of why don't you do this and here's this great idea and I'm going is that a great idea that you want to do or is that a great idea you want me to do because if you want me to do it not happening <laughs> we are stretched so thin but if you want to do it we can grow and so I love that we're having so Robin Pedrero is one of our artists and she facilitated the Twitter art exhibit when she lived in Orlando <clears throat> and so she it was 10 years ago so this is the 10 year anniversary and because she had she pitched that Millhouse would be a great place for it. So she's going to curate that because that's a lot of work. There's no way we could have taken that on. She knows what she's doing. She's done it before. 
now we're just figuring out how do we display a thousand pieces of small <laughs> art. So we're figuring the the engineering behind that. But the others, it just had these other like tea parties and festivals and fashion shows, having women come in who have a heart for that and want to do it, that that's how we can expand. Like expanding the collaboration. Absolutely. Because then they also get to stand up as leaders. That's part of the growth process too. As well as when we have speakers at Lunch Bunch, they, some of the women, many of the women have never spoken before a group. So to get to speak in a collaborative environment, because it's a conversation, I keep it very conversational and I, I facilitate and make sure things are going. We had one of our members who had never spoken before and now it's part of her business. She goes out and speaks because she's hilarious and we kept bringing her back because she was so good. So we want, as women come in and lead these new like adventures that we do, it's it's part of their business growth and their personal growth. So I, like the things that I love seeing, it's that. Someone stepping up and taking on a responsibility and I go, yeah, that is amazing. So are you enjoying this new season of your life when you took a hard left and? I love it. I mean, I love it and sometimes don't. <laughs> so when I go home and work, I work all day and I go home and work and on the weekends I work and then I go to work and I work. So that's the thing and until we can have a, expand our staff because we're not at the point where we can pay a team, uh, we can pay stipends, we can't pay a team. When we can actually pay a team where I can hand things off mm -hmm. and then actually grow the business even more, um, that'll be a wonderful day. But in the meantime, I mean, I, this, I worked long hours at NASA, so I think I was well prepared for doing crazy hours when we had launches and we'd work in the middle of the night, the launch would be at two in the morning and, you know, I, and I had a hundred people around me and we're all waiting for the launch to happen. I, I'm used to working like that, so I, I, it's my passion. And that's the one thing I want to tell all of you. Um, having that passion, that's what makes a difference. So if you want to start a business, if you want to start, and if you're retired, all of you who are retired, you have plenty of time. So you've given a lot, but it's time you still can give more as long as you're breathing. There's plenty of things to give, but it takes that passion. So if you have this thing that you've had a passion for that you just never had time to do or never thought you could do, which is what middle health is all about, Re resurrect those dreams, forget what people told you you could or couldn't do. What is it you wanted to do a long time ago and never thought you could? This is your time to play. I mean, you can play with the rest of your life. And what do you want to do that kind of, I challenge you to give back. How can you give back? And how can, with all the experiences that you have, yeah, go play golf, but what else can you do? You know, drink wine, yes, do that. So there's a lot of things that, you know, I love the fact that we're making a difference and that is meaningful. Yes, I would love to just read a book, but I love to read faces who are shining and happy that we're there. So it, it's, a, it's a balance of, um, you know, what is the best use of my time? And mm -hmm. it, it's kind of God's given me these years. He's given me the experience and how can I continue to kind of serve? And this is, I'm, this is what I'm doing. I have thoroughly enjoyed meeting you. And when we visited and I invited you to come on The Full Life, you said, well, that's what we're doing every day. We're living the <laughs> we full are. life every day. And I thought, this is a perfect fit. So thank you, Dr. Beck, oh, for thank so you much for having coming. me. I want it to be a huge success. So if you would like more information about their art festival this August, make sure you look at their website, McKinney. It's millhousefoundation.org mil, uh, slash artfest. Millhousefoundation.org.
org slash art fest. So all of our festivals are like slash makers market slash mural okay. fest. If you want to learn about Millhouse McKinney and become a member, ladies, we would love it. Uh, that's millhousemckinney.com. So we've got all the information about what the benefits are and what you get and, and what happens and we're a collaborative. If you want to just come read books with us, which and we have a sleeping couch because I have actually walked back and found members asleep. It's like, oh, <laughs> that's why not. If you want to come and take a nap and you, know, you can. And every young mother is like, where is where's the paperwork? I'm ready to sign I, up for In that. the beginning of Millhouse before COVID, I did do kid care as well because that's one of the things that women need. So I would offer an hour to hour and a half because I love kiddos. And so we had a little our conference room had play toys, so I would send them in to do yoga or do work, and I would play with the kids until we had six feet of distance and we had masks. It's like I can't, I'm, I can't keep a seven-year-old with masks. I can't smile at them. So there's no way. And now I don't have time to do it. But we did start with that. <laughs> Thanks so much, Dr. Beck, for joining us. And I want to thank you for also tuning in. We have more to come on Living the Full Life, and we hope you'll join us again. Thank you.